That's it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Hangover Podcast, episode six. Oh, my goodness. Rock and rolling. I'm Josh Reynolds sitting here uh, in my closet of an office with uh, my good friend Jack Stanley. Yeah, yeah. It's, I'm happy to be here. He said all he's going to do is play off of me, so all I'm going to do is punt back to him. <laughs> so last night, Jack and I taught uh, Acts chapter four together. How was it? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was nerve-wracking preparing, kind of realizing that I what was going to happen Thursday night. At the same time, there was an awful lot of fun to take this story, uh, learn it, and then just get to share what you learned. So it was a humbling experience, and it was definitely a blessing. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, tell me about the process of choosing Acts four. Mm. Yeah, so uh, originally Josh had given me a couple different, he gave me like the schedule for what was going to be spoken about per encounter uh, between Acts 3, Acts 4, and Acts 5. Uh, and I was, as I was reading through those, I didn't quite know uh, what I wanted to choose, what I wanted to talk about. And when we had finally decided to, you know, choose Acts 4, it was because uh, I was reading through it, I was like, hey, I need to figure out what I want to talk about, so we were talking about it. And this is following it, uh, the encounter about Pentecost, and I was watching my friends up there doing it, and I was getting really nervous, like, realizing that I was going to do this, like, relatively soon. So I was telling Josh about that. I don't when know you if say I can... doing it, what are we talking about? Getting up there and teaching. Okay. Like, you know, like, getting, explaining something in front of a group of people, um, which I love doing that, like, one-on-one in a group when it's not, like, structured, but when you're there, and people are there at an encounter, whether it's, like, a, a like, be the same thing at a church or giving a sermon, it's expected that you've done prep work it's not casual it's more formal so it's sure. nerve-wracking so the idea of formal preparation meant what to you and now that you're through the experience what does what does preparation look like hmm. what did it mean then and what what do you know it to be now? gotcha well then it's it's just something that's necessary and it still is necessary afterwards but now after talking to you and just kind of experiencing going through it myself it's something that you start off just by reading it kind of picking out what's sticking out to me, what do, what do I feel convicted about, what do I think uh, would be convicting to me, but also the, the room at large, what could we all learn from this story? And then at that point, you're just you're tapping into the Holy Spirit and asking that He would kind of lead you um, to the right points, to the right uh, message. And that, that sometimes that leading happens kind of naturally to where you're just reading, it's like, oh, that's good, I gotta talk about that. You don't really have to second guess it, like, well, I gotta make sure that's the Holy Spirit and not me. If it's something that is truthful, it's probably being led by the Spirit. That's cool. Okay, so so you tell me, how did you prepare? And now being on the backside, what would you edit? What would you keep? What was successful? What was like, whew, hmm. I'd like to have that one back. Well, I guess I prepared just by, I mean, Josh and I decided early on um, with Acts 4, you know, Peter and John being on uh, in trial of the Sanhedrin, uh, there were some similarities there between uh, that story and then the story we see in Luke 22 and also some of the other Gospels where Peter is outside of Jesus' trial and ultimately betrays Jesus by denying him three times. Um, so uh, once we decided that we're, okay, we want to juxtapose these two stories and draw out some meaning from those differences and figure that out. Um, after that, I was just trying to go through those points about, okay, what are we, what are the differences, what are the similarities? 
Um, what do I want to what do I want to explain about them, and also what order do I want to set these up in? Because you don't want to start talking about the big difference, like, you know, that's the takeaway first. You got to build up to it. Oh, right. You definitely got to. Yeah, there's just, ah, some strategy, some practical strategy. Um, not that you're trying to manipulate emotions or anything, but you can't just jump to a point without explaining it and setting it up first. So it was. Uh, that was a lot of the preparation there. And how then, what like give me the so that's a that's a clinical understanding of sure. of preparing to teach. Tell me about the emotional piece as you prepared to teach. Personally, but also the emotion of of writing and working through a text multiple times over hmm. the course of two weeks. Like what does that do internally? Hmm. So preparado emotionally and then. In preparation of the sermon and how to teach that, what was that? What was that experience mm. like? Yeah, so maybe a more than a how to, maybe a what sure. it did to me. Sure. Um, it, it, I mean, Marty Solomon talks about the lullaby effect, right? Because you hear something so often, it's hard to really notice. Oh wait, I'm, I'm not supposed to just accept this at face value. I want to. I need to dig in deeper here. There's there's a talking snake. That's not normal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we just learned to accept it from Sunday school. But Jimmy 3 tells us that. Exactly. So, I mean, so in Acts 4, as you're reading through it over and over again, you're like, okay, I get it. These guys are unschooled and they're ordinary. Move on. It's easy to just kind of, as you're going over those points, to uh, to miss the meaning in it, um, especially when you're trying to find it so much. Like, it's once you realize what you want to talk about and you know the truth, it's easy to, you already know what's coming, so it's easy to kind of forget that the message applies to you too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Let me repeat it and tell me if I got it right. Yeah. <clears throat> what I heard you say was there, there's a lullaby effect of reading the same passage so many times, especially in preparation. Once I understand what I want to teach, there comes a moment where I forget that this lesson is for me mm-hmm. as much as it is for the room that I'll be teaching to. Exactly. That's Yeah. And so what was that element in the sermon where you were like, oh, this is the Holy Spirit talking to me? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's uh, this what I just talked about there. You know, when you realize, oh, wait, this is about me. This is for me to learn, too. I hit, That hit me last night when I was about to go up there because we're praying, you know, kind of in a huddle for the worship team before we go out there. We start an encounter. And, um, where was I? I don't know. It was in, it was in Bill's office. <laughs> I mean, you told me that's where we were going to be, and I was there. I was like, I wonder where Josh is, but that's okay. <laughs> um, the message for me was that, I, I mean, the, the, I guess the, the main takeaway from, the, from my message was the difference between Peter uh, and the way he responds with cowardice and Luke and the way he responds with just consistent thorough courage and acts is the Holy Spirit. There's no other explanation there. And in fact, even the Sanhedrin who in spite of kind of observing this truth and knowing it to be true, trying to ignore it, they even saw it. They're like, this is, this is, they've been with Jesus. That's why they're able to be so courageous. Um, anyway, so that's kind of the, the message there. And then I was getting so caught up in my nerves before going up there that I'm realizing, wait, it's not about me speaking. It's just, uh, or at the very least, I can tap into the strength of the Holy Spirit right now myself to speak, which is also the same message I had to learn to even get my head around doing this idea in the fir- to speak in the first place, and I forgot that along the process, and I had to be reminded of it beforehand. So, so the dangerous backstory here that Jack is not telling you is that post, uh, 
post-Acts 2, where we had had kind of now two or three weeks of students communicating and, and helping me teach, Jack came up and said, I don't think I'm the right, I don't think I'm the right guy. I don't think I should. And my classic line, perfect. <laughs> yep. You're teaching Acts 4. <laughs> yep, yep. That's, exactly, that's how we picked Acts 4 too, is because I was like, I don't know what to teach. Also, I'm scared, should I even do it? And you're like, okay, look at this passage here, unschooled and ordinary. That's what's making you afraid. Let's do that one. It's like, yeah, perfect. All right. So where's that balance? So maybe you can counsel me. So I, too, am unschooled and ordinary. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got that, that big, fat Purdue degree. Um, I think it's buried in my barn somewhere. <laughs> I think I still have the, the actual diploma, but I'm pretty sure it's out in our barn. <clears throat> and so all I've done in classical training up to this point is read. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of failure in front of people. And, spoiler, I feel the same butterfly anxiety uh, before preaching every single week. So what would you say to a guy who's done it now for 15 years, who feels unschooled and ordinary? How would you encourage me? And then how do you encourage the next student who's getting Mm. ready to speak? Mm. Well, the goal of teaching and then the goal of uh, doing it for many, many years is not to become so one day schooled and extraordinary. So, because uh, then that would be focusing on us and our own strength. That's the thing about even Peter and John. They'd been with Jesus for three years. His close disciples, they were still unschooled and ordinary. Yeah. And it was in that inadequacy of their just their, their normal human lives that Jesus was actually exalted. The Holy Spirit was, was lifted up. Because that's the only explanation for their courage and their articulateness, if that's a word. Sure. Um, so then as, as for us, if, if there's the next student that's going to speak, um, the goal is to be so... Uh, fluent in the scriptures and to be so uh, to have everything figured out so that it's like wow they're really smart it's that they're just like me but somehow the, the spirit worked through them and now I, I learned something from them so then the same thing applies to if somebody's been yeah. doing it forever it's the, the goal is not to be the smart one in right the, room. the goal is to to take the attention of the audience and then point it to the to the Holy Spirit I love that I got a friend named Chris who's a pastor here in town he said uh, make sure Jesus is the hero mm. Mm-hmm. Make sure Jesus is the hero uh, of this story, um, and I would my my only twist of that is make sure Jesus is the hope mm-hmm. of the story. Yes, and I really love that call to myself, right, Josh? If you're trying to be the hero here, and you're not pointing to the hope that's found here, then you probably shouldn't be standing yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, because if I got up there and it was and I, I exalted myself or tried to, I'm sure there were even subliminal temptations towards that last night that I'm not even aware of. Because just I'm a I'm a human being. I wrestle with pride. But if I had gone up there totally from a prideful motive, and people and say I had said some really good points, and people saw that, all they would have seen was, "Wow, how did he do that? I could never do that." And it's a focus on the person. Uh, whereas if it's the flip side, and it's just you're allowing your, the Holy Spirit to speak through you, then they don't even see you at all. They're like, I can do that too. Because mm-hmm. then Jesus is the hero, so they know he can be my, he can be the one to sustain me. Yeah. Okay, so for the people that missed last night, for the people that totally skip the sermon podcast and they only come for the hangover, we know you're out there. Um, <laughs> talk through that, that cool little idea of proximity to Jesus isn't or wasn't the source of Peter's courage. Hmm. 
Yeah. That's actually interesting because uh, you, you've said well, there have been things you would have changed last night. Woke up this morning, first thing on my mind was, oh, I meant to say something in addition to that point. Hangover! Right. Yeah, exactly. Let's do it! Yeah, exactly. And also, I, I think I rambled too long on a point that should have been a really quick, you know, millisecond of like a redirection. But We so, don't have to spend any time on that one. Well, no, 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 no. But that's, that's just to set it up, though, you have... Uh, Jesus' trial, um, he's the one whose life is in danger. Peter's outside. Jesus is still present and alive. You'd expect him to be able to, to have the strength from that. Uh, but because Jesus is still there, he's still physically on the earth, the reason people recognize Peter, the reason he gets asked three times, aren't you a disciple of Jesus, is because they had literally seen him with Jesus. They just recognize him. So he's recognized by being in close proximity with Jesus. Then in Acts, we see Jesus is no longer there. Yet, Peter's still recognized, but this time it's not because they saw him right next to Jesus and they just made the connection, they just remembered. It's because uh, the Holy Spirit. So he's recognized by proximity to Jesus and then recognized by the Spirit of Jesus in Acts. Um, so verse 13 is the, is the call and the, the teaching idea of that. When the Sanhedrin, Temple Guard, the Sadducees, when, the, when they see the courage of Peter and John, and realized that Peter and John were unschooled and ordinary. They were astonished, and here comes the spirit idea. They took note that these men had been with mm -hmm. Jesus. Right. The proximity to Jesus was then, and it's not now. Right. The twist is, the spirit of Jesus mm -hmm. is in them. Right. Um, and that was the thing is that I wanted to, the point that I had in my mind that I was thought about a couple times beforehand. I was like, this will be, I think this will be pretty, you know, impactful. I think it would have been good to say, I just forgot, um, is that when we see the, the, the difference, like we talked about the, the difference in both stories, the mystery behind how is Peter able to have such a drastically different response, especially when the stakes are so much higher in Acts, is the Holy Spirit. And we see what happens uh, when he, even though he had the proximity to Jesus, he is... Uh, He's not tapping into the, the, the courage of the Holy Spirit then. And, and the result is betrayal, denial. He runs away from the problem and he hides. Mm -hmm. He can't help but uh, answer. He can't, sorry, he cannot help. I'm, I'm messing up the words there. What I, I guess what I'm trying to say is um, he can't even spit out that, yeah, I know Jesus. He can't even do that on his own volition. Right. But then in, in verse, uh, if we want to scroll down there for a bit, um, when they call in after the conferral. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. 14. Um, it's, can, it's after that, I believe. 16. He says, we cannot deny it. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Well, uh, it's, uh, it's Peter and John's response when they say, you be the judges. It's the ending of that. Okay. As for us. Oh, cannot. I'm so sorry. You're totally right. Yeah. Is that wrong. it? Yep, you be the judges. It. This is the same one, though. Yeah. Same idea. Yep. So that then the, the response then, even uh, even when their lives are on the line and they have the Holy Spirit now, that's that's how they're recognized. They say, as for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. In one story, when they're tapping into their own strength, they can't even spit out that they know oh, Jesus. Christ. And now they can't help, but they can't shut up about it. Oh, that's interesting. Even when their lives are on the line. There's a compulsion when you are compelled by the Spirit. Like there is a, there's an inherent I must. It, it takes me over to Paul. And Paul says, woe to me if I don't preach this good news. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, woe to me. I am compelled by the Spirit, too. Right. Yeah. And in our day, it's kind of easy to say that. Like, I feel a burden to preach, and that's great. Uh, but we're not really persecuted. There isn't a danger of our lives here. But they're like, 
they could absolutely be killed the next day yeah. because of because of proclaiming the name of Jesus. Because they were they were just threatened by that very same Sanhedrin, and they said, "We can't help but to talk about this. You're telling us we can't ever do it again. We will not stop because we can't." Compelled by the yeah. Spirit versus the inability to articulate it whenever you don't have the Spirit of God within you. It's not even articulation. It was more, I mean, it would have been admitting. easy to say. Yeah, admitting. Exactly. Yeah. You can't even admit it. Hmm. That's good stuff. Mm-hmm. What's it like to, to wake up the next morning and feel like I didn't say the thing I wanted to? See, it it, it depends. Because if, if I had felt like it had gone super poorly and I didn't say anything I wanted to say, I'd be kicking myself. Um, but this morning, was, this morning it was more of like, ah, I forgot to say that. That's okay, though, because it, it, maybe it wouldn't have been right for that very moment because I think other things were said that were still impactful. I think sure. the Spirit still spoke through me, so I'm not going to get hung up on one thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a bit of, not regret, but like, ah, oh, that would have been nice to say, but it's not that big of a deal. Like, I always say my sermons are better on Friday. Hmm. Yeah. My Thursday, mor- my Thursday night sermons are, are always better Friday morning. I love that. That's, that's comforting to, to know. Why? I mean... You're able to to hear what you said. You're able to see how the audience responded to it. Now you're like, I could have, man, maybe this would have been more impactful for them. I just didn't see it before I said it. So think about that idea of audience and response. The only twist that I put on your explanation is when I wake up Friday morning, I'm drawing back to the way that I saw the spirit move. Mm-hmm. And so usually on Friday mornings, usually during this hangover space, What I'm actually getting the chance to respond to is the movement I saw in the people Hmm. the night before. The Mm -hmm. movement that I saw in God from me. Like that whole cornerstone story, like I wasn't in my notes at that moment. Hmm. Like I was just like full and speaking from a place of, of passionate, we have to get this right. And the thing I remember saying last night was, you can fall off the cornerstone. Yeah. And then you have the hope of standing up again. But that was all off notes when you said, like, it's either going to crush you or you're going to stand on it. <laughs> I, I love it. That I love that. <laughs> but I wasn't saying things that I can't point to in Scripture. Right, right. So, so there's, the, there's the understanding of narrative arc of the Bible and as a communicator, and this is why I love saying yes to you uh, young men and women who are learning that arc for yourself. Uh, and uh, um, uh, Brogan, incredible at it. CJ, our very first hangover, just an incredible arc. Rudy and Logan figuring, figuring that out for themselves and having all of a sudden uh, having Israel as a placeholder. Now as they read text. Uh, Grant just able to weave the story of Scripture together, uh, and and then you put that in contrast with Zoe, who is passionate and on mm-hmm. fire right now, to just hungrily eat that story and the person of Jesus. I see that in you, mm-hmm. and you and I have worked two plus weeks on this, mm-hmm. uh, and you kept giving me more and more and more and more. So when it came time to teach, all of a sudden you had to chop right. more and more right. and more. What's that process like for a guy who's passionate about the story and can see so many layers, but then to know that I only have time, space, and attention to say a couple right things? Because there's so many little, like we were talking about this like this on Tuesdays, like there's so many little details and points we could 
cling on to and then really have some impactful things to say about them, but it may not be constructive to the message we're choosing to talk about right now, which is why when you go to hear a sermon about say, like the prodigal son, people can take it in so many different directions, right? Yeah. If they're... I'd go to Ezekiel. Right, right. right. Um, when the shepherds eat the sheep. That's what you would do, right? Sure. Sure. That's actually pretty cool. <laughs> it's Well, it's pretty cool in a bad way. Right, right. I don't mean cool. So yeah, it's a good thing. It's like that's a... The, yeah, the Bible has cool stories, and then it's like that's dramatic. I don't know. It was that that was it was that gritty, you know? Quite gritty. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, like bears killing whatever. Oh, I won't man. go into the. Let's yeah, not yeah, make yeah, it about not, hair. Not, Let's yeah. not make it about hair here. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a podcast. We're yeah. safe. We can't yeah. see yours or mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. Um. But I guess it's the the realization that even if things keep popping out at you, it's like I don't have the time. I only have like 10, 15 minutes. I don't have the time to actually 20. work these 20. Did I go for 20? Oh, boy. <laughs> that felt like... It how, felt like hey, that, we, added, I, we added about the same time. We, we did. Kind we of did it perfect. Uh, yeah, I was feeling it was probably longer than 10. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I told yeah. Jack, take 15, shoot for 10, because you'll take 15. Yeah. So Buddy bumped it up to 20. Yeah, I was like, I'll raise you. <laughs> I'll see your 15, and I'll bump it up to 20. Um... That yeah. was great. Yeah, that's good. At least, at least it was. It felt quick. It felt quick to me. Hopefully, it's, oh my gosh. Yeah, um, but it's just the realization that you don't have a lot of time to talk. And while these are good points, there is not enough time to actually weave them in in a way that would actually make sense for everybody. Yeah, because they're all kind of at that point. It's just disconnected thoughts that you're noticing, and you could weave them in if you had like an hour to talk. Right. But there, you don't have enough time, so you got to stick with the essential stuff and the stuff that you really think the Holy Spirit's leading you to. I really love that. Yeah. So if you've got to boil your sentence down to two powerful sentences, could you do that? Like the message I gave last night? Yeah. Um, hmm. Two powerful sentences on the spot. Here we go. Um, when, hmm, let's, let's, let's restart. I don't want to start with when. I just got to think of it. Uh, I, the, the Hangover Podcast for all you listeners, all 12 strong of you. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, this is not scripted. Uh, we, yeah, the the purpose of this is to celebrate and to affirm uh, where God is moving in our midst, and then also to have joy, um, and to affirm the call of mm. of students and and the process that they're on. And mm. So yeah, really thrilled for Jack to do this with me. Well, I was, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I, I thought of it, the two sentences there. Thanks for, yeah. Um, so when we, as followers of Jesus, are just people, uh, human beings experiencing this world and this life, when we look to ourselves to handle uh, problems, whether it's persecution or whether it's hardship or whether it's just responsibilities that are in front of us, these things that we have to, we have to do, when we look to our own strength and our own knowledge to do them, we are going to fail. We're going to. Um, we're going to look to ourselves and our own strength. We're going to try to exalt ourselves. We're going to be selfish. We're going to drop the ball. Um, because we forget the fact that the Holy Spirit, that God is one who's blessed, blessed us with all these good things. And he is the one uh, who is still faithful. Just as much as he is to give these things, to also give us everything we need to honor, honor him in those things. He sustains the blessing as well as he gives it. Um, so... It's up to us to keep tapping into that Holy Spirit and asking for His courage because it isn't on our own. When you look to ourselves, there's failure. When we look to Christ, He works through us, yeah. and it's His victory. I like that. It's the idea of I'm perfected. 
the closer I get to God's heart, the closer I come to perfection, which brings out my awareness of failure, mm-hmm. which I now then have a choice. Mm-hmm. And it's to fear my failure and to draw away from God in a sense of I can protect and, and heal myself mm-hmm. in front of him. Or, ironically, I can draw even closer to what perfection is and the hope of Jesus and the power of his spirit. I just got done reading, going over, talking about chapter five of Forgotten God oh, with, yeah. the, with a group of guys. Franny Chan? Franny Chan. Francis Chan. Yeah. I recommend that book. We've been recommending it at Encounter. Get it. It's awesome. Um, but pretty much he talked about uh, how the, the difference between a servant um, uh, acting like we have a spirit of slavery or a spirit of freedom in Christ and the Holy Spirit. And he said often he feels like his sin is he's so ashamed of it that he would spend weeks or days before he'd even talk to God because he wanted to prove that he can be a good servant. For God. For God. And But he said all he wants us to do is to, to invite him into that moment and to tap in. He just wants intimacy with us. Mm. And it's actually ironic. Somebody pointed out, well, I tend to do that. We tend to like, run away from that because we're ashamed, but we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. He was there the whole time. And we're like, I can't talk to you yet. You can't see me yet. It's like, he's inhabiting us. Yeah, it's, he wants to forgive that and redeem it instead mm-hmm. of, and like his power is made perfect in our weakness, right? He wants to use that. That's hopeful. Mm-hmm. And then he's the one glorified at the end of the day, right? The, they didn't see the Saint Peter didn't see Peter and John as being great men. They saw right. the Holy Spirit, and it scared them. <laughs> That's super good. So, uh, yeah, I mean, mm. so again, so many directions I can go with that, but I, I love the the simplicity of power made perfect in weakness. Mm-hmm. Power made perfect in weakness. You know what? Maybe that's the two sentences I should have gone with because I probably went with three run-on sentences with your answer there, but that's good. His power is made perfect in our weakness, and he wants us to pray for it. Mm, I love that. And so that was kind of your, your – I think that was probably my favorite walk-off point that you made was, and God wants us to pray for, and in the text it's, uh, for boldness, right? So, so kind of think through that that final idea, because I think it, yeah, I just think it's so good mm-hmm. that when Peter and John leave the temple, they probably leave in a particular way, right? And I, I just loved how you said that last yeah. night. Yeah, like I, I would imagine them like if I was reading the story without really digging deep, because we know how the story ends. Uh, they have Jesus, they have the Holy Spirit. Of course they, they, they won that, that battle, right? They're going to walk out. All the believers are going to be like, yeah, you, you embarrass them. You roasted them. It'd be like a Michael Scott boom roasted moment, right? Uh, but that's not it at all. They were probably shaking in their boots the entire time. They walk out of that trial. Sandals. They walk, yeah, shaking in their sandals. They walk out of that courtroom in disbelief that they are still breathing. Hmm. And they can't even stand up. And their action is to go back to their, their intentional community and they all gather to pray. Ooh, for boldness, right? Which I just had a thought. What if they were tempted to, to, to quit right then and there even afterwards? Maybe. Like they, were like they got out They got out even after being courageous and they, they still somehow survived. They're like, oh man, if we do this again though, who knows how long we'll live. There's probably still temptation to, to turn away from that. But they, they knew what was right and they had to ask for that courage to keep going. There's always temptation to bypass the hardship. Yes, yes. Like, uh, all right, so here it comes. This is why we hang over. So Christ says, um, pick up your cross daily. Mm-hmm. Like, shoulder 
the weight of dying mm-hmm. to your pride, to your sin, to your arrogance, to yourself. Shoulder that daily. <laughs> and we as humans are so good, and you mentioned it already, we're so good at sidestepping <laughs> or excusing our pride, our sin, our arrogance. Definitely. <clears throat> yeah, and so the question then is, when Peter and John roll back into their community, they pray for boldness, and they're filled again, which is this, ah, oh, what hope, and then the whole place is shaken. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's an earthquake after that yeah. prayer meeting. Yeah. Ah. Uh, yeah. It's that the Holy Spirit's faithful and responsive to that. Mm-hmm. It's not only that like we can pray for the Holy Spirit and His courage in every situation, which, by the way, that doesn't just mean the hard things. That means the things that we think we have on our own. Um, it's that he, it's an invitation. He wants us to ask for it because He's going to give it to us. And He wants to be in, in communion with us as we do it. So, yeah. Draw closer. Yep. All right. We'll shut it down. Yep. Hangover. Episode 5. Or six, right? Or six. Oh, I, hey, I, I'm not keeping track. I thought, right. I, I'm trying to remember. I think it's six. I think yeah. you're right. I think you're right. Five or six. Six weeks into this whole thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hope you guys are loving it. If you've got questions, stuff that uh, you throw into the podcast, stuff that people can answer, uh, shoot it my way. Josh at csfindiana.org. Next week, uh, the courageous Carrie Curry. Come on. Show Come up, on. Show up. And he gets to... Uh, he gets to gather all the believers together. Then he gets to kill some people, and then, uh, <laughs> and then he's got to he's got to get into the healing. Yes, sir. Oh, it's a it's a it's a a wonderful criticism sandwich <laughs> that, that, that Carrie is going to uh, to teach on. Yeah, uh, really excited for him. Really thankful for Jack. Uh, you can find him at. Oh, yes. I mean, if you want to, I have an Instagram. Don't use it a lot. Jackstan.ley. So it's just my name with a dot in the middle of it. <laughs> like that dot. And and a one quick plug for our favorite musician. Ooh, guys, who's he music? Based out of Cincinnati, Ohio. Man, from a from a closet in his bedroom, writing honest music. <laughs> writing honest music. Alright, yeah. we'll shut it down there. Thanks for tuning in. 30 minutes on the button. Yep. Adios, Thanks for having me.